Welcome to the Black Boy Blitz Podcast, a space where we discuss our lives and experiences as black and brown men and what keeps us going. Sit back, relax, and take a listen as we delve deep into the complexities that make us who we are. This is the Black Boy Blitz Podcast. We are back, 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 back. JJ, how was that last one for you? Good, good, good. I got some water. I'm hydrated again. Uh, skin still popping, you know, black. If you all are just joining, JJ and I are having a in-depth conversation, nuanced, layered all the things about sex, our experience with sex, and all the things. And I have to say that that first session it felt nice it felt nice to sort of share our experiences and our stories it did and see how things come full circle but i think we need to talk a little bit more about the second half of all this right our 20s child (laughs) (laughs) i do feel like our 20s have a way of shaping a lot uh for us sexually especially and i know and we're now in our 30s, I'm uncovering a lot and dealing with a lot that I dealt with in my 20s. You know what I mean? And so I think that we'd be remiss not to talk about the age of the 20s. What do you remember about your sexual experiences in your 20s? Uh, the the first half, um, I carried a lot over from, mm, okay. from like my adolescent and teen years. Um, especially when it comes to like gender roles, mm-hmm. you know, I went to college and now I'm f- like free reign, do whatever I want. Mm. And what I w- thought I was supposed to want is to fit in one of these boxes of like tops, bottoms, no such things as versatile. Versatile people are only, you know, <laughs> bottoms waiting to spread their wings and fly. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, and I think that. That carried over also the 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 sex as a chore, as a function yeah. of adulthood and not pleasure, absolutely carried over for me. Um, yeah. yeah. So you carried over. <laughs> yeah. So you carried over a lot of that toxicity into your 20s. Yes. 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 That's so interesting. I. I think, like, for me, for sure, like, as you all were listening, I lost my virginity at 25. And so my 20s was really about surrendering to my pleasure and what I was feeling and feeling okay with that. I think what I remember most about my 20s was giving myself permission to feel however I felt. I think I masturbated a lot in my 20s. Uh, And that was, I, I mean, seriously, because it was a time I felt finally free I can bust however many times I want to. <laughs> I can do whatever I want to do and nothing is going to happen. And I, I I know it sounds funny, <laughs> but I'm serious. It was like, I can watch porn. Mm-hmm. I live by myself. I can do whatever I want to do. And so it was this sort of sexual liberation that really had nothing to do with another person. But it had everything to do with how I felt about my body and what I wanted to experience. That's and, You know, I just... That makes me smile because I cannot imagine how it would have felt to to feel sexually liberated in ah, my okay. in my like in my early twenties. I mean like from the age of twenty to like twenty five, twenty six. I could not have imagined what that felt like. <laughs> JJ. <laughs> I had I think I had to get there. I I don't think I, I needed to get there because I needed to, like, release. It was all sort of tied up in, like, you know, religious stuff. So I had to sort of free myself from that in order, like, just to feel good about it. Even if I wasn't having sex with nobody else, I wanted to feel okay. Like, just because I'm aroused by this doesn't make me sinful. And so I mm. had to, I had to get rid of that. <laughs> but, that, like, you were radicalizing sex. It was always, almost like rebellion. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Yes, that's exactly what I was doing. I want to get there. <laughs> you are. Well, and I think that there's still, I, 
I guess sex being like sex is just like a journey, right? Yeah. Now, unfortunately, you know, there comes dangers when it comes to sex, especially with young queer black men. Mm -hmm. Do you think like when we were in our 20s, the risks have changed? What were some of those risks that we encountered like in our 20s? Do you think it's changed or is it still the same? Um, yes and no. Um, I think as I enter my twenties, that's when like, I saw to realize that I was fetishized by a lot of white men. Mm. And at this point I was around a lot of open black gay men and queer people, but it was always the white man checking up on me. Mm. Always. Um, which that's when I started getting like a little hint of like something right here. <laughs> this is yeah. this is breaking all the rules I like kind of built for myself as a youngster. It's kind of broke yeah. all the rules of like gender roles and sex as a chore and you know no pleasure, just function. You know, um, and it was a it was a tough tough time for me. Tough time for me. Um, my early twenties was a lot of self-discovery and mm. in good ways and bad ways, I felt like a lot of the discovery had to do with my sexuality and my, like my sex. Yeah. Um, which is crazy because I remember because I wanted to hop into these gender roles, like I'm kind of masculine presenting. In college, I was a lot, you know, masculine presenting. So when I, I I entered college and I met all these young black queer people, these are queer people who were like gay, gay, like had been out since they were like 10, you know. And in their minds, it was like, you masculine, you a top, you're feminine, you're bottom. And there was no in between. And and when I look at it now, think about it in retrospect, even then, with all the privacy and freedom I had to be gay and to have sex with anybody I want to, because I, I went to school to Miami. Miami, okay? Nobody knew me there. Yeah. Um, when I was having sex with masculine presenting men, I snuck them around. And in, in fear of being labeled a bottom. And when I think about that now, it was so crazy. So crazy. I didn't have to sneak these men around. Like, Why were you sneaking them around? What's wrong with being a, a bottom? But that's the thing. At, time, right. <laughs> at, at, at times, they were fucking the shit out of me. And at times, I was fucking the shit out of them. But at that time, a lot of the people, that, a lot of the queer people that I was around just could not accept that. Again, like, they were seasoned gays, but they still couldn't wrap their minds around two masculine men having sex. You get what I'm saying? Like, because it really yes. wasn't, it wasn't seen. Like, no, I didn't see true. it. Like, in every gay club in Miami and Fort Lauderdale, I did not really see two masculine presenting men like holding hands or being like outwardly affectionate. But I knew they were. But still, there was that disconnect where I didn't want to like be labeled a big old bottom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because, it, because again, all this was still new to me. Because before, my queerness was just for the pleasure of, of other people. It's almost like my, bo my body was like a band-aid for other people's shit, right? So mm -hmm. I didn't use my sex for me. And now <laughs> I go into college with a little bit more freedom. I'm still worried about what other people are thinking about my sex. It's so interesting that you bring that up now. I think a lot of that has sort of shifted um, now in our eight day and age, especially when it comes to topping and bottoming, now we have soft tops, right? So it's yeah. right. 
So it's okay. Like it's sort of this. It's sort of this. It's sort of trendy now for for it to be a feminine top. That when this shit has been going on for years, and there used to be yeah. like a lot of shame attached attached to it. There is this level. One of the things I feel like has changed, in especially in this new generation that's different from our twenties. There isn't as much shame. <laughs> it's not. It, it's it's weird because you know what? This is the thing. Like. If you look at other communities, um, like even lesbians, like my aunt was a butch. You hear me? Butch. Mm-hmm. And her wife was butch. Mm-hmm. And there were no like side eyes. But I can remember, I, I remember I used to facilitate a group called 3MV. Okay. And we used to do a bunch of different activities and there was a conversation about like, what's the top? What's the bottom? Um, and I remember uh, one of the kids saying, you know, it's stressful being, cause he was tall, like taller than me. I'm six, four. He was like, yeah, everybody automatically think that like I'm this big old top. Right. And he was like, it's so interesting to hear people dissect other people's sexual lives so like if you see if you see two tall chocolate gay men holding hands masculine presenting instead of saying oh okay that's cute for them you're like so who walks a little bit softer (laughs) they got to be the bottom who's a little bit shorter they're the bottom who's a little bit more brown skin they got to be the bottom you start like picking picking it down to see who's the bottom a lot of bottom shaming a lot of femphobia. So but like in those bottom Right. In those other communities, like again, uh lesbian communities. Like I a lot of my friends are like but butch 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 relationships. And I yeah. and I'm pretty sure they have hard times as well. Like they're gay, I, they're queer, absolutely. But have, there's a dissection of of black gay men and relationships and sex that I experienced in my twenties. It's just like, all I can do is shake my head. I have to go back to something for a moment. I'd be remiss. First of all, shout out to all the beautiful bottoms in the world. Um, because there is bottom shaming is real. Mm -hmm. And even from, I just wonder how that can exist in our community when it's literally a, a sexual act like like you know one of the things that i've you know even started doing in my own personal unfoldment is i'm not it's not i'm a top i'm a bottom it it's not a like a noun it's an it's an action so do i top do mm-hmm. i bottom and i think that i've had to like consciously do that it's not about assigning who's the top and who's the bottom it's an act so i can decide to perform that act or not that when we do make it a noun it's like there's so much associated when you call a man a top so he's probably more masculine all the stigma attached to it but it's like no i top from time to time i bottom from time to time but i'm a man like but think about it and i just thought about this think about how that bleeds over into heterosexual relationships. Oh, you talking good now, JJ? Because, <laughs> you know, I listen to a lot of sex podcasts, and there's a lot of conversation going on now about straight men and ass play. Mm. And, you know, there are some people that feel like, you know, if you're a straight man, you shouldn't have your ass played with. You shouldn't want to be fingered. You shouldn't want to be fucking your ass because that's labeled as gay, which is interesting because I feel as though if I were a straight man having sex with a straight woman and I asked her to put a finger in my ass or more, I'm still having sex with a woman at that that time, right? Yep. So what's wrong with a man wanting to feel pleasure and every aspect and part of his body without worrying about it being labeled gay. And even this, because, and I may be wrong, this may be a hot take. If a straight woman's boyfriend, let's say they're having sex, right? And the dude like, you should really put a finger in my ass. 
a straight woman may or may not say, oh, I, that's kind of gay. Like, you know, like, why you want something in your ass? They already assigning being a bottom <laughs> to their, their straight boyfriend because he want his ass played with. And it's not yes. even about, like, is there a sexual act that a straight man can ask a woman to perform on them where they will feel like a top? Would think that their man is gay and a top. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's Maybe I'm just being a little bit too meta, but I just, yeah. There's, there's no sexual, well, especially when you get into heteronormative, uh, the hetero stuff, but why can't a man has a prostate? Absolutely. Even a straight man need that thing tickled every now and then. Like, and so, you know, for me, it's just like this level. We have to get to a point where there is this level of freedom around sex and pleasure. Mm-hmm. It goes back to that concept. I think that we're all like, man, don't don't no dude get his ass played with. It's like, well, who says that men don't get their ass played with? <laughs> and so now we're in an age where we're talking about it more. And Tank, you know, the R&B, <laughs> you know, a heterosexual man, <clears throat> allegedly. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I mean, I, I take him. Anyway. <laughs> I know. But I'm saying for an, a man to, I, I admire when straight men come out and talk about their sexual proclivities and things that are like they enjoy. And like that, that's a turn on for me because it's almost like it's hush hush. Like, don't say that. Like, ass and different things like that. Like. I love it. It's almost, it, not that I need affirmation that way, but I just love it when people give themselves some liberation in that way to say what they like and what they don't like. Think about all the pleasure that they may be missing out on. <laughs> Think about all the, the the straight men that want their ass played with and just don't want to be labeled <laughs> gay or feminine. You know? Um, and that goes into the whole concept of like who are we really partner partnering with, you know? Yes. Um, but that's a whole nother episode. But speaking of like sexual acts, right? You know, at any point, did sex ever begin to feel performative for you? Absolutely. Because I knew, absolutely. And so when you talk about performative sex, talk to me about what that felt like or looked like for you. The few boyfriends I had in college, again, it was that gender role. Like, Jonathan's tall, kind of thick, kind of masculine presenting. Like, he has to be a top. And there were times I didn't want to top these men. And it was horrible. (laughs) It was horrible. Like, ass is good like <laughs> like I'm sorry Absolutely. like when I think about it like there have been times where like I've inserted myself in men and automatically came <laughs> like it's I don't see how people can do this lord um <laughs> yeah. but, but again get booty no. <laughs> but again I also I don't yeah it was very performative because again, I felt as though that's what I had to do. And also honestly, um, again, this was the lack of experience and confidence and even consideration at some point. I entered these, these situations and relationships as a like top when some of them were very clear with me that they only wanted tops. I'm not saying that I was a bottom, but I would love to have done both. I would love to have been verse, as they would say. Um, but I stuck in there as much as I could until either I couldn't take any more or they couldn't. JJ, why do you keep saying <laughs> like you oh you keep saying versatile and then you almost have like this caveat like allegedly? Like, do you not think that verse people exist? <laughs> You know what? I just don't like um, <clears throat> that term. Just doesn't sit well with me. I don't know. Really, I, I feel like it's more of the the act of being verse. I'm all for absolutely, but it's something about the terminology. Yes, sir. That does not sit well with me because you know, growing up, there's verse tops, there's verse bottoms. You know, there's 
Child, all verse, whatever you know <laughs> and again verse also has this stigma of one toe in bottomhood that a lot of us were ashamed about yep but yeah like 20 to like 24 25 felt very performative for me very performative sex sex wise what and that so that's not yeah, I could be wrong because you could find you could want someone to find pleasure in someone else getting pleasure. So, but was that enjoyable for you, or did it just feel like washing the dishes just had to get done? Was there any type of enjoyment? It was enjoyment, but no shade. I was not the best top. <laughs> I'm sorry, ass is really good. <laughs> <laughs> like God bless it, God bless it. You know, I just I was not good at it. I was not good at it because again, I didn't have that. I want. Um, I didn't have that that pleasure in mind. Yeah. I had that. I have to do this. I have to do this. I'm the top in the relationship. Like this is what sex between gay men are. Somebody has to be the top. Somebody has to be the bottom. I have to do this. I have to do this. I will say it did take me a couple. It did take me a while to get used to <laughs> not busting so quick. <laughs> ass, <laughs> man, ass. It, it, <laughs> I'd be like, look, we can go a second round, but look, what just happened just happened. So <laughs> listen, that's on you. <laughs> twi- listen, toe twitching, <laughs> foot shivering. Like, oh, wait, wait. <laughs> okay, so, so. So along those lines, right? So what are your views on sex now when it comes to romance and relationships? Mm. I um oh cat got your tongue or booty got your tongue. Listen. Um <laughs> I'm stumped. You know, I I've been in in relationships where sex and romance were present. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've been in relationships where they cohabitated well. Mm, And what I had to learn, the type of um, sexual person that I felt as though I was becoming, and it may be a little bit different now, um, there had to be some type of connection romantically, intrinsically, for me to really feel connected sexually. Mm-hmm. And again, I've had really, really good sex. Really good sex. Um, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever felt that, like, spark. Like that that one tear fall from your eye. <laughs> you know, um, I... And and there's been people I've had really, really good sex with. But when we're not having sex, I don't think I've ever yearned for somebody to like be in me or for me to be in somebody. So I don't think my I don't think it's it's always been a disconnect to me. They're in the room, they're not talking to each other well. If not at all. What about yourself? Um so, I do believe, like, like I said, I've had previous experiences in with partners where it was romantic, it was nice to have sex in the relationship, um, but I've never had anything where I felt like, like, I'll be very honest with you, I think some of my most successful sexual relationships have been with consistent hookup partners that I've had. Like friends with benefits or like fuck buddies? I would call it a fuck buddy because I don't talk to them outside <laughs> of the clear intention. No, I or mean, that. <laughs> there's a clear, what's beautiful about, and I hate to say hookup because hookup has such a, a stigma on it, but I, I, I think that there's something clear about two adult consenting men having a desire to be pleased, yes. and they do that yes. for each other on a consistent basis. Yes. That is a love, like, that's, that's, that shit is just, Excellent. Like two parties are being satisfied. I think that's the kind of successful. And I think the reason hookup gets so much stigma is because it's like a different person. 
but if we if you can plant that type of commitment and like I really want this person to be pleased because this is what I want as well. That type of intention, JJ, that makes shit, that sex so good. Like <laughs> It's those boundaries, though. It's, yes. it's setting boundaries and sticking to them. I don't know if I have ever experienced a fuck buddy where our intentions were like that. Like, very, very clear without falling into, like, the situationship. Mm-hmm. Um, more like the pseudo relationship because those are trash. Well, not to my thirties and them Chicago y'all Chicago uh, niggas. Uh, 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 y'all know how to have a great clear boundary. Really, so, really, really. I'm just saying, it's been a great, a great. What part of which Chicago are you? Are you in? Is this Chicago in Ohio somewhere? Because <laughs> <laughs> I. I just think that there is something beautiful about that. And I, I, my goal is to replicate that into a relationship. Like I would love the type of sex that I have during a hookup is the kind of sex I want to have consistently with a partner. <laughs> That's a whole nother conversation. Oh, we go get that too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've never, it's never, I've never felt it that way. And um, I want to though, like, I really do. How do you feel about at your at, at your current state, right? Because you hooked up a lot in the past. How do you feel about hookups? Are you out here judging folks? Are you side eyeing what? Can we parking lot that question? Because there, we're going to get into that like real heavy, <laughs> real real heavy. Um, but hookups. I mean, if it was no COVID, I'm off of hookups. Like I think hookups are are like necessary. Hookups are necessary. Like I like that word necessary. (laughs) They're necessary. I mean, hookups. I mean, sex at its core should be pleasurable for both parties. It should be ethical. It should be safe, and it should be energizing. And whether that comes from a long-term partner, a short-term partner, or some random person you see at a bar, as long as those those core values are at play, like, go for it, have at it. I just really like to stick with this idea of consent for me. And consensual. Consent is so, so, so so huge i'm talking gay straight or whatever the idea of consent and sex is like pivotal as we talk about like relationship or not because most people are sexually assaulted by people that they're in relationship with (laughs) that's an intimate partner violence absolutely yeah and so i think it's it's not (sighs) people think that consent is a boundary that is like deadening to sex Mm. but like could you imagine let's say like Trevante Rhodes or like Michael B. Jordan or Dwayne The Rock Johnson coming up to you be like Gary can I pull your drawers down (laughs) (laughs) Gary, can I cock your leg up? Like, could you imagine how hot that would be? People don't know how to, like, they don't want to sexualize consent. Oh, sexualizing consent. Talk about it, Jay. They they don't. Like, that can be hot. Like, it's hot. Like, could you imagine asking someone, like, can I come? And they'd be like, no, not yet. Like, oh, my God, Lord. (laughs) <laughs> like come on like make it sexy make it sexy if you can ask somebody if they like that do you like that mommy do you like that daddy do you like that them <laughs> why couldn't you ask them if you can pleasure them in the same way y'all listen up this is coming from a seasoned man 
I don't Sexual know about season. I, we need to. I these JJ. days I'm about as season as as some Cracker Barrel chicken. Um, Hashtag sexualized consent. I love that. Yes, yes. And you know what? That's and I've heard I've heard of that that concept um, spoken about in a lot of like um, uh, heterosexual straight uh, conversations, but not really too much in in queer conversations. Mm. Not saying that they're out they're not out there because they are. That that concept, that conversation is definitely being uh, spoken about. I personally haven't been in those spaces, and I want to be in more of those spaces. Yes, and make those spaces. Listen, when we're talking about sex, and we're in a new age now, where when we talk about this sort of sexual freedom, right, and having multiple partners and doing whatever you want in the bedroom, the idea of polyamory, right? Mm-hmm you know, comes into play um, where people are just expressive about this. Is polyamory something you have ever had interest in or would be interested in? So let me tell you this thing, but the, the PSA, <laughs> what really grinds my gears is that people are okay with things until they are named. So, so this whole it's almost like in, in the religion episode we had mm-hmm. like you can be gay and acquire you just don't say you're gay mm-hmm. you cannot tell me that polyamory is this new thing it only became a new thing when conversations had been started polyamory is as old as time I have uncles who had multiple families now is the consent behind polyamory the disclosure behind polyamory there now more than it was before possibly possibly (laughs) because again a lot of polyamory that i witnessed growing up wasn't mutual it was hidden it was cheating it was sneaking (laughs) sometimes in in their partner's faces but Again, people don't like naming things. People don't like accepting things. No, I'm sorry. They accept things until they're named. Straight men don't like the fact that there's conversation about their asses getting played, but their asses have been getting played since the beginning of time. Straight men don't like <laughs> don't like all these conversations about their attraction to trans women because they are having conversations now. But these men know that they want they love these trans women yes you know there's yes. there's this this secrecy that's just huh, draining but what was your question again um what, what i consider what, polyamory yeah absolutely absolutely okay. um my requirements and I hate to use requirements make it seem like my polyamory um, has to be this way or I'm out the door Um, I'm using requirements because that's the only word I can think of right now but the boundaries around polyamory for me that I would be interested in aren't necessarily that clear but what what I do know is that I don't hold when when I think of partnering I don't hold sex as an end all be all. I don't, even, I don't even think I will hold it like in top five. But what about you? How do you feel about polyamory? Um, I, I think people should do what works for them. Mm-hmm. I think for me, honesty, when you talk about people out here cheating, being dishonest, being deceitful and deceptive to people they claim they love. The thing is, in this day and age, you have options, my nigga. Like, you don't have to be deceptive. You can find partnership and find someone that can sort of, that's tailored for you, that can mm-hmm. work for you. I think, so when my when I think about polyamory, I probably, that's an area of growth. I probably would before, like, what the hell? But we live in an age now where being deceptive and cheating is sort of glamorized in a way. Exactly. Right. And so it's like, no, I'm at a point now where it's like, you need to get in a situation that works for you. And if you know that having 
multiple sexual partners, but still having a partner is something for is something for you. There's an option for that. <laughs> like it's not the end of the world. So is polyamory for me? No, I'm gonna have one <laughs> person <laughs> that I'm gonna have. But of course, we can manipulate not manipulate, but we can have boundaries and rules about what we decide whether that's gonna be playing together if that's something that comes up exactly exactly but But that's the thing people think of polyamory as a ticket to cheat no and i feel like there's no one definition of polyamory right i think what's so good about being consensual adult sexual beings is that you can make your relationship tailored to fit you, however that may be. The thing is, we worry about the optics of everything. We worry about what other people are are thinking about it. Because again, this shit been going on since 2 AD. Been going on. (laughs) JJ, you hit on something though, because just like we do that with relationships we do stuff to please other people what does this look like it's the same way that we're talking about with sex why do we give a damn so much about what outside people view like this is our lives and i'm i'm guilty of it like i am guilty of being like well i don't want people to think this and it's like but it's my life like it's your body it's what do you want like what do you really want to do with it it's othering people it's othering other people because it it kind of ties back into and this is no offense to you gary or anybody out there listening i personally don't watch like a lot of reality tv Oh, re- oh, so you just had to bring that wait, up. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> like, I mean, I watch HGTV, but ain't no drama there, you know. This um, is very true. <laughs> it's almost like that. Oh, child, I, I wouldn't do that. Better them than me. That's what it's, it's, it's ah, you know, gotcha. okay. it's easier to point a finger um, than to actually shut up because you're doing the same thing <laughs> and not yeah. judge people right no it's true but there's this glamour this glamorization of um like struggle like love isn't love sex mm. isn't sex unless there was like some fighting before and yes having sex after an argument can be very hot but <laughs> when it becomes a a must-have in a a healthy, worthwhile relationship, I'm not for it. I don't think love or even good sex should involve arguing all the time. Right. Or deceit or constant disrespect. I don't feel as though I have to constantly, like, have this uphill battle for me to feel as though my relationship or my sex was worth it. Like, cause I'm worth it from the, when the door opens, I'm worth it. And if you're not, if you're not here for it, then I'm not, I'm not fighting for some frivolous shit just to prove that I love you. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Um, And if that's what it is, I'm probably never going to (laughs) be in a relationship, but we have sort of put like this sort of struggle on love um this sort of strife like it's not if it, you ain't got to work for it you ain't worth it and it's like well what the hell are you talking about <laughs> that's just the whole hustle mentality that a lot of us have like hustle 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 you you can rest when you're dead or you can rest when you actually sleep but every moment has to be a hustle um i guess like joy just joy and happiness and contentness just seems so scary to a lot of people you know, uh, like yeah. sexual pleasure with no strings attached. And I mean, strings where, you know, that are tied to your worth, tied to your right. finances, tied to your social status, just seems so out, uh, like out of this world. Right. You know, there so. is nothing wrong, people, with 
NSA sex. <laughs> NSA. Oh, oh, okay. I'm like NSA. <laughs> Here he goes. Here he goes. I'm getting old. Watch your mouth. Okay. <laughs> but you know what? On that topic, though. So on the on your hierarchy, right, of love and romance and partnering, you kind of alluded to it a little bit. But where does sex lie for you when it comes to love, romance, and being in partnership? You said number five. Is that what I heard you say? I, you know, let's say there's a one through ten. Okay. Um, <laughs> it it would it would definitely be in the middle. Okay. Um, I don't know if I could reconcile being madly in love with somebody and we not being sexually compatible and the relationship ending. Okay. I also can't necessarily reconcile. Yeah. I don't. Sex is just really weird for me right now. And I don't think. And this could change. This can change. Um, But I don't feel as though. (sighs) It's hard. I, I don't think I can throw away a good man because of some sexual incompatibility. Because a good man is hard to find. And a hard man is good to find. Ain't that what they say? Yes, what they say. <laughs> True. So there is a... So I'm glad you, that's a great talking point, I think, because it's sort of this battle over girl, because what you won't do, another man will. And so it's a sort of idea that you sort of have to sexually please your partner in order for the for them not to cheat. And that's like such a terrible uh, framework. <laughs> I get what they're trying to say, but it's like, there can, I, I know successful relationships that sex is not the number one priority for them. Mm-hmm. I know two tops that are in a relationship and it's not an open one. <laughs> but it works, right? But it works. And I think that it's this ever old, this question of where it just depends on where it lies for the person in particular um, and with their design. But, you know, JJ, you're right. If I find a man that's devoted to this thing and committed and makes me laugh and that's just a good heart and soul that is a critical thinker, like that's the kind of shit you want in a lifelong partner. We can figure out how to bust a nut. Right. (laughs) Whether it's like another person or another person's or a toy. Absolutely. Because on the other side of that coin, I know some trash motherfuckers with some bomb sex and I would never (laughs) I would never partner with them. (laughs) I would never partner with them. So like that and that's my thing. Like I couldn't imagine sex being so high up on my like must haves. Because if that's the case, would I go, like, fuck a trash nigga and, like, try to marry him <laughs> because the sex is just so amazing, the best sex I ever had, you know? Right. No, absolutely well, not. that dick be having people twisted out here, though. That's why I, I hear, love- I hear. That's what make love and hip-hop and all that other shit. That's, so- that's it. People say, that's they, exactly people it. say it's cloud chasing, it's the cameras. No, it's it's penis. They have some good sex and uh, completely not don't have no integrity, cheating ass, crazy people, but they have good sex. And it's like cheating on camera, like people don't see it. Like, (laughs) come on, it is a real thing. Um, I don't know. For me, you know, I I would say like I've I've had I've had great sex. I think. And so for me, it's like, I think when you're looking at it for a partner, there's some other things that are more concerning than sex for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that would just naturally come. I just have questions before we even get to sex. What are some of those like, things? I think one of the things for me is I want to know about your past. I want to know about your childhood. For, for One of the things that I constantly think about when I think about partnering long term is what kind of experiences uh traumas unhealed thing what do you bring into this table that we're going to have to deal with in this marriage mm-hmm. and 
I was recently on a date. Um, we'll a day? What? Yes. We'll talk about that yes. on the microphone. We will. But I was recently on the date, and one of the beautiful things about the conversation that we had was we were talking about childhood shit. You know, he asked me, he was like, did you grow up with emotionally intelligent parents? And I was like... Uh, listen, panties flew off. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Like, it was a discussion point that someone just having a date, like, just talking. It was a discussion point because... For me, it's like, we need to talk about the shit that's really going to impact the relationship. Like, at the end of the day, what do you bring into this table? And so for me, I want to know about your childhood. I want to know about some decisions that you made. Why didn't you get a college degree? Why did you get your degree? And what did you get your degree in? What was your dreams? Like, so there's a lot of questions that come up for me that I would never even care about in a hookup. But when you talk about partnering with somebody, it makes a bit... <laughs> It's a bit of a difference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get the um, the question about like your relationship with your family, and honestly, yes. that's a, a question that scares the shit out of me. When, when I think mm. about dating and and partnering with partnering with someone, because I want to be open and honest. Yeah. I want to be open and honest and say that my relationship with my family hasn't been good. Um, mm. But I would hope that I would be granted the grace to be asked, like, as a follow-up question. Like, how right. are you working through that? Like, how is it still showing up, you know? Absolutely. But um, I've been in situations where people just, like, stopped after I answered that question. Really? Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, because it's almost, we live in this culture where it's like a gotcha culture. Like, aha! I found something. Had, yes, and it's like, well, that's not, but see, that's the thing of intention. I'm not asking you that to get rid of you. I'm asking you that for awareness purposes. Exactly. <laughs> like, and I think a lot of times we're asking questions as a sort of check mark. Or like this. to find something like, this can't be this good. Let's yeah. dig a little bit deeper. <laughs> and instead of like genuinely trying to get to know someone, we're looking for a reason to check people off. Like, no, that ain't gonna work. And it's like, no, but the point of getting to know somebody is to get underneath all of that and see the kind of person that they are. Now, there's some trash ass niggas that haven't dealt with their past, and so they just crazy out here. But there's some people actively working at dealing with the stuff they have going on, and that's attractive. <laughs> yes, 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 it is. And we have to normalize people trying. <laughs> oh, we have it you know what grace that is the word yes. of 2020 like grant some people some grace <laughs> because why not why not because you would want grace granted to you yeah absolutely we we crave the shit whether we know it or not you need it <laughs> like... yeah and, and it's so weird that we We ask for it in every aspect of our life except for, like, interpersonal. Yeah. It's so hard to ask for help, like, yeah. to loved ones or partners or family. But, you know, we we ask our landlords and our employers for a little oh. bit more grace. But we can't even do that, like, for ourselves or to our family, you know. It's scary. It's scary. It's very scary. I think this is like just effective conversation just around when you're looking for partnership, where is sex? And like people listening, like where does sex lie for you? And you need to really think about that when you're out here dating and looking for people because sex is out here making and breaking relationships. <laughs> yeah, and, and also... <laughs> Figure out where sex lies for you and where you want it to lie in a partner. There we go. Yeah. You know, because you may think I am, I tried to like dip a toe into like polyamory in a relationship some years back. And, <laughs> and the, the, the gentleman who I kind of like proposed that to, I thought, would be all for it because this is someone who 
I caught cheating on me a few times, right? Yeah. So it was almost, and even thinking about it now, I don't know if I really wanted it or if I wanted to band-aid my relationship. But, but I remember after we broke up, um, he literally said, I'm a hoe that want to get slammed by multiple men. Wow. Yeah. 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 And that was the moment I said, I will never speak to this man again. The same man that literally cheated on me in my own apartment. <laughs> trashy, trashy. Damn. But again, was that me giving him grace? Saying like, hey, what about an open relationship? You know? Or was that me band-aiding it? I think it was me band-aiding it. I'm pretty sure there was some band-aid happening yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. And he had good sex, too. His sex was kind of good. It was good. It was dope. It was dope. <laughs> but it was also for everybody, so I mean. Listen, we have talked these people's ear off about this sex. If there was like any final note, Jay, before I toss it to you to close us out for this season, what would you say you want people to really be thinking about when they're thinking about sex for them, for their lives, for them. What are some key things you want some people to be thinking about? <sighs> Pleasure. Yeah. Pleasure. Um, there's nothing wrong with wanting to please your partner, your partners, but really think about what pleasure looks and feels like for you. Um, and be willing to start over, like be willing to completely reframe your whole sexual life, your whole sexual like being, um, yeah. and like disclosure for me, um, I haven't had any type of sexual encounters in three years, three plus years. Um, yeah. and what I thought was a phase that was just, I, I was in a pseudo relationship, um, that kind of ran its course, right? Um, the sex was okay. And when I say okay, it was okay on both our, both of our parts. Um, and all of a sudden, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't horny. <laughs> I just, sex was the last thing on my mind. Um, yeah. Because I felt like at that point, everything we've talked about for the last two hours or so kind of hit me. Mm. And I felt like sexers has not been good to me like it's its own entity that's just been beating my ass all all my life um yeah so it weighed heavy on me and then when i even when i considered like dating again or just having casual hookups i couldn't sex just wasn't it wasn't for me and i battled with the whole am i asexual you know I've had that term thrown at me over the past three, hell, almost four years um, as a dagger, right? And I really questioned myself. Like, you know, I, I, I dated someone who I, to this day, absolutely love and adore. But one of the things that kind of ended our, our relationship, in air quotes, because we were just dating, was... Is that talk? Where does sex lie in your partnering? And we never had that conversation. He was a much more sexual person than me, you know. Um, but asexual was also used as a a gut punch. And you know, over the past three years, I really just I, I would even use that word. Yeah. But recently, I was talking to a close friend of mine. Um, it was a few of us, and I and I told him like what I've been feeling. Like you know, I haven't had sex in almost four years. Um, I really haven't masturbated. Like, it's just, it's not working. And at first there was some jokes and laughing. Like, girl, okay, whatever, whatever. But when the tone changed and they were like, oh, okay, you're for real. You know, for me, it be- it became scary. So what I plan on doing is uh, my end of the year checkup. I want to get like a prostate exam. I want to get my testosterone levels um, um, checked. Because now I feel like it's less emotional, um, relational, 
and more biological for me. You Got know? it. Um, so with that, like with saying that, be willing to start over at whatever age, um, whatever age you're at, you know? Yeah. Um, I look forward to relearning my sexual self, however that may come. Um, yes. I, I look forward to like the exploration, the fun. I look forward to throwing all the heteronormative, you got to be a top or bottom or verse bullshit out the door. Um, I look forward to coming. <laughs> I look forward to actually making love to somebody. I, I, I look forward to satisfying myself again. Um, and maybe somewhere in there, some love will blossom somewhere. You know, I don't know. I, I just look forward to it. Um, and I don't want to rush it, but I'm glad that, oh, police cars. That's it. Where they going? Sorry about that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, I just look forward to to honoring sex and honoring my sexual self. And for the first time in my life, having a grip on what sex means to me and how I want it to feel and and putting my sex first in my heart, you know? Um, absolutely yeah I would just say you just gave like if there was ever like a sexual conference benediction (laughs) (laughs) you just gave that and like I really thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that like my pleasure some people would not even like be willing to go that far and share that I just appreciate that like I feel I feel good now what's crazy is a lot of people are in your same space. It is. You know what I just, you know what I really missed? <laughs> and I don't want to, oh, hold on a second. <laughs> this is going to sound really, really, um, uh-oh, mushy. And hopefully you can understand it. I just, I miss somebody knowing me. If that makes yeah. sense. I just, I miss that. Um, and it's gonna come again. It, it is. I just I miss it. <laughs> no, I, I. That is. When you start talking about now, I think the older we're getting, intimacy takes on a very different meaning. And I think you just hit on something with that. Knowing me, and that's not just sexually, but that's like all of me, right? <laughs> all of this, like really knowing me. Yeah, it's just, it's been, okay, Um, what's going on? Is the block hot? Either the block is hot or that's the universe telling you, you're on the right track, keep going. <laughs> I'll take yeah. that one, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but I love that. What about you? Because what, what's, your, what's your sexual benediction for this evening? I... I want people to give themselves permission to ask for what they want when it comes to... I'm about to to shout. (laughs) (laughs) Ask for it, damn it. Ask for what you want. And I'm speaking to myself. You got to ask for what you want. People will manipulate you and your thoughts. You'll be an enemy to yourself. Like You'll start telling yourself stuff that's not true. Ask for what you want. And whatever your desire is, sexually or not, be willing to ask for it. And I don't care if it's who you date, and I don't care if it's to your friends, I don't care if it's to yourself, your family. We got to start giving ourselves permission to ask for what we want because I think, as we've discussed over the past two hours, a lot of how we feel about sex is directly related to how we grew up yeah. and stuff we encountered. So in order for you to be able to completely express what you want sexually, you got to be able to completely know yourself and be able to express who you are in general. Your sexual life is your own and you can create it and do with it whatever you want. And so I just want people to give themselves permission to ask for what they want and don't be ashamed of whatever it is you want. (laughs) Listen, and you know what? 
if they ain't for it, get that bread, get that head, then leave. Get out. <laughs> get out. Yes, ask for what you want. So, Gary, I think that's like the end of season two. As we is know, it over? It ain't over. It is. It is. We're taking a little break. We're gonna take a little break. <laughs> Ooh, bless you. Was that a what is this? Was that a sneeze? It was. It was loud. Bless you. That's the universe telling you to uh go get some Benadryl. But um, um yeah, I just wanna say um I didn't think that this podcast would survive. I didn't want to pick this back up. Um I didn't think that I could do it without the help of like a fancy expensive studio. Um, but with the push of a lot of people that listen, um, and you included Gary, I gotta say thank you. I know I could be a pain in the ass, um, <laughs> but you made me a re-believer in in this. And I would not have wanted to do this with anybody else, and that's why I asked your stubborn ass to do this <laughs> with me. Um so like I love you dearly, Prosecco Ho. Uh, <laughs> you my nigga um, and also thank you to my dear friend David who I interviewed in episode 13 um, I'm sorry episode 12 um, I love you. you you listening I love you um, thank you Nick Mario, Jacoby Charles and Sim episode 13 and 14 the bros, the brothers you guys are amazing I love you dearly Nick, stop calling me grandpa. I fucking hate you, but I love you. Um, thank all the other podcasts that supported us. Um, there, there are a lot. Um, yeah. and I don't want to name any of them because I'm going to forget some. But please go check them out. Um, go to our Instagram, see who we follow, and follow all of them. Um, yeah, and we're going to take a break. Um, the next month or so is going to be a very uh, interesting time in this country, especially for black people. Um, and we're going to need some decompression. And we we may jump back in here with an episode here and there. Um, we may not, but uh, we need rest. We all need rest. But do not rest on November 3rd. Um <laughs> Go vote, out there and vote. vote. Um, vote. I know early voting has started um, in Chicago today, I think, or yesterday. Um, that is an option. Um, yeah, go vote. This country it has always been trash, but right now it's <laughs> flaming trash. And <laughs> yeah, we 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 can do this. We can do this. Um, and regardless of the outcome, we about to start some shit. Absolutely, <laughs> we starting <laughs> shit regardless, or as as we've grown up to say, irregardless, we go start some shit. <laughs> uh, any uh, final words for volume or season two, uh, Gigi? All I have to say is. Get ready for season three. This is um, a labor of love. Like, I know Jonathan, we just developed like a beautiful like friendship that um, I, you just really have like, just been like a true light in my life. Like you truly are like a light worker and to be like a co-labor in this with you has been beautiful. And Though it's not always easy, we just always seem to find a way back to like this foundation of like love and wanting to share. <laughs> yes. And I just look forward to doing more of this with you. And we're taking a break, but we are coming back. And I, we just appreciate, I appreciate everybody listening and caring and reposting. Like, I, yes. this is my first time like publicly, like this year. And when doing the podcast and stuff like that, my first time, like, being vocal. Like, I'm typically just put up a quote and move along. <laughs> and keep it <laughs> pumping. You keep it pumping. But this, I have a new accountability in you, Jonathan. Um, your belief in me has changed my life, like, like tremendously. Now I'm getting emotional. Um, So we're going to end this soon. But 
true belief in me and my gift and my purpose has made me a better person, even in the pandemic. So I can't wait to come up with some new ideas. And I can't wait till you and I are able to sit in the same space. I know. I'm going to bake you one of my world famous red velvet cakes. (laughs) Not for free. um, Not for free. (laughs) But yes, I can't wait until we can hug each other again and love up on each other again. Um, Turbo misses you. I miss you. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Before we even go, like, subscribe. No, that's YouTube. Um, <laughs> share, re-listen. Please leave a review. Whatever you would like to say. Show us some love. Um, if you want to be a guest on the show, please slide into our DMs on Instagram. Please. Black Boy Blitz Pod or the Black Boy Blitz Pod at gmail.com. We would love to have you on the show. Um, and that goes for other podcasters too. We definitely want to collaborate with um, some other shows. There's so many good ones out there. But yes, we love y'all. November 3rd is the day. And we will be seeing you all very, very soon. Peace. That was a loud peace, Jesus. But no, peace. <laughs> Ask for what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Black Boy Blitz podcast as we follow the lives of black and brown men and what keeps us going. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and SoundCloud. We can also be found on Twitter and Instagram at Black Boy Blitz Pod. And if you feel up to it, leave us a review or a comment. Tune in next time as the conversations continue. Peace.